Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Uh, Today, I am very excited to have Ken Fish with us. Ken is a native of the Los Angeles area and an honors graduate of Princeton University with a degree in history and philosophy of religion. He subsequently earned his Master of Divinity degree from Fuller Theological Seminary with emphases in theology and intercultural communication. Ken had a 25-year career as a Fortune 500 executive after earning an MBA in finance and strategy from UCLA's Anderson Graduate School of Management. Throughout his life, Ken has worked with parachurch ministries and in the church. In the 1980s, he worked full-time for John Wimber for several years at Vineyard Ministries International. Since 2010, his ministry has taken him to over 40 countries on all six inhabited continents, working alongside churches of varying denominations and great diversity. His work includes vision casting, teaching on leadership, helping the saints and healing prophecy and deliverance to further the advance of the kingdom of God and releasing fresh anointing in the midst of visitation. He has worked alongside national leaders in many countries, led training events for the International Association of Healing Rooms in different parts of the U.S. and been interviewed on nationally syndicated radio and television shows. He also hosts his own podcast, God is Not a Theory. His meetings are often accompanied by manifest signs and wonders that include prophetic ministry and healing of many types. Welcome, Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how did you come to be interested in healing and specifically in holistic healing? You know, it, it's a story from long ago, but I was, uh, I was a young man and I was um, late in my college career. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd just been reading the Bible and I guess foolish enough to believe it. Uh, and I saw healing in the Bible, and I saw deliverance in the Bible, and specifically in the ministry of Jesus, but but there are plenty of other stories as well, including the apostles and some of the prophets. And I uh, I just started praying and saying, God, how come I don't see this? Why, is this? Is this for real? Is this for today? And I kind of vaguely knew that there was some teaching around that these things ended when the apostles died or when the Bible was completed, but none of that ever really held any real credibility for me. And so I was kind of on a journey, and I was praying about these things. And when I say that, I I was probably praying, oh, I don't know, half an hour a day, maybe an hour a day, about those kinds of questions. And this went on for several months. One day, this lady in my church walks up to me, and I knew her, not super well, but I knew her. And uh, she handed me a bag of cassette tapes, and she said, um, I went to this amazing meeting in New York City, and uh, I bought these tapes. I've listened to them now, and I was praying this morning, and I thought I should give them to you. So I started listening to them, and they were John Wimber tapes, and it, it, it just sort of it, it just sort of blew my world up uh, because, in a way, it was the answer to the stuff I'd been praying for. And uh, I thought, man, if this is real, I got I got to have this. I got to be involved with this. And so, as it turned out, that church was close to my home. I was going to school on the East Coast, uh, but my, my home was in Southern California. And so, 
when I when I went home uh, on a vacation, there was a break between semesters. Uh, my mom and I went and visited the church, and my mother ended up getting healed right in front of my eyes. Oh, wow. And so that really launched me into a journey that I'm still on, and I've seen just remarkable things over the years that continue to go on and uh, continue to amaze me even to this day. That's fantastic. So uh, different people have different approaches to healing. Can you explain yours a little bit? Yeah, well, you know, this all comes out of that healing with my mother. Um, that night when we went to this service, she had these sores in her mouth, and she'd gone to the doctor, and they couldn't really explain what they were or what to do about them or anything. But these sores were approximately the size of a raisin, and they were they were dark like a raisin would be. I mean, I know nowadays there are white raisins, but, but think of your traditional raisins that are dark in color. And... Uh, and it looked like she had raisins attached to her tongue, her gums, the inside of her lips. And she was whimpering and moaning because they were painful. And, uh, and she was also drooling because of the pain. So she was walking around with a towel over her mouth to capture the drool coming out of her mouth. So this is not a pretty picture, but this is what was happening. And so I took her to this church and, uh, you know, there was nice music and, uh, you know, everybody was really into the singing. And then the sermon was, I would say, very down-to-earth and pragmatic. And then they said, we have a prayer room over here. And, you know, so if you need prayer, go on into that prayer room. So I said to my mom, let's go. She's like, no, no, I don't know about that. Because she came from a very traditional, conventional Christian background. And, uh, and, I, and at that time, I wouldn't say she was particularly devout. She wasn't really, as we would say, walking with the Lord. Um, but, but anyway, I, I managed to persuade her that we should go into this room. And so I stayed with her and these two, um, you know, young women in their twenties walked up to us and asked what we did. So I told my mom to take the cloth away and they looked in her mouth and they were like, Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, put their hands on her and they started praying. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not kidding you. Right in front of our eyes, we watched these raisins looking, sores all over my mother's mouth literally vanished in about 30 seconds. They just shrank and were gone, and that was it, and the drooling stopped, and it was done. Praise God. Wow. That's awesome. And so we're, we're just kind of looking at my mother's mouth like, whoa, what just happened, you know? Uh -huh. And my mother, of course, she didn't have a grid for any of this, and so she says, let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, Wow. But anyway, um, so, you know, all of that introduced me to something that has really been a foundation stone for everything I do and teach through these years. And that's that there is, uh, there is a power that God has. And I, I just call it the power of God. Mm -hmm. And this kind of language here and there in the scripture, Paul says, when I came to you, brothers, he's, he's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. When I came to you, brothers, I came not with wise words of wisdom and human wisdom at that, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And so Paul was really saying that, he, you know, it's, good, it's all good to have great teaching, and we need that, but we need it backed up with something more. And he says to the Corinthian church, when I came, it was on exhibit. You could see it. It wasn't just something we talked about or, you know, kind of kicked around as a concept. 
but it, it, there was actually a, a reality to it that was beyond dispute. And that's really what happened to my mother that night when we visited this church. And from that, I, I, I mean, there are many ways that people talk about healing, mm-hmm. and uh, they all have validity on some level. But I think the thing that is maybe somewhat unique um, in the way I think about it is I am always talking about the manifest, tangible, real, demonstrable power of God. And I use all those adjectives because, you know, people, especially in religious matters, it's almost like playing basketball with no hoops. Um, A lot of times, you know, you look really impressive, but did you score? Who knows? But when the power of God is on exhibit, when the, the manifest, obvious, demonstrable, tangible uh, expression of the Holy Spirit comes over somebody's body and they are healed or released from something that has tormented and afflicted them, it's nearly always obvious immediately or shortly thereafter. And there's no denying that it was something beyond themselves. It's it came from God. And I think a lot of teaching on healing is more uh, in the realm of the mind. If you just believe the right way, then eventually things are going to straighten themselves out. And not, I don't think that's all wrong. It's just that this is, this is far more dramatic, and it's far faster. And it's, it's, I think, much more in line with the kinds of things we see in the Bible. I mean, there's a story in Luke 5 where Jesus is teaching in a house, they bring him a paralyzed man, and Luke just mentions casually, it's found in verse 17, Luke 5, 17. It says, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Oh, that's interesting. We don't just casually mention that in our world. But with that, Jesus speaks to this paralyzed man, and bang, he gets up off of this stretcher that he's on, and he walks right out of the house. Well, okay, that's pretty demonstrable, and that's rather manifest and obvious, and so... We see this in the pages of Scripture, and, and I don't know, I've, I've been fortunate enough uh, to have seen this and to have the Lord um, you know, move in this way when I teach on healing. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we often see really incredible healings that are just sort of off the charts, and people don't even know what to say about it when it happens. But that's, that's really at the core of it, is this understanding and teaching and the demonstration of God's power. Amazing. So do you typically, I mean, it sounds like you're mostly describing the instantaneous kinds of healings like, like showed up in Jesus ministry. Do you ever see any that are more like a process type of an event? Like there's an initial seed that is sown and then slowly the healing manifests from there. Yeah, we do see those. And of course, everybody wants instantaneous healing, um, especially those that are afflicted and suffering. Sure. But we do have to pray more or multiple times in order to get to the place of breakthrough, um, we might see perhaps as a percentage more that are instantaneous, but it would be it would be completely wrong to say they're all instantaneous. And in fact, here's here's one story that's just almost you know emblematic of the very question you're asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a young woman that I met in Washington D.C., and she and her roommate came to the meeting I was leading, and you know I got to know them a little bit, and. Uh, she, she began coming pretty regularly, and, you know, I travel up and down the East Coast uh, pretty right, pretty often. I mean, COVID restricted that a bit, but but normally I'm in multiple cities each year. And so if I was pretty much anywhere on the East Coast from New York south into Florida, she would be more than likely to show up because she was really aggressively 
pursuing healing for a condition she had. And I don't remember the medical term for it, but there is a medical term for it. I've talked with friends that are doctors, and they always know exactly what I'm talking about. She had um, cracks or fissures under her arms and, you know, in her armpits, and then also in her groin, right where the leg joins the body trunk. Mm -hmm. She'd taken pictures with her phone, and she showed me the ones in her armpits. She never showed me the ones in her groin for obvious reasons. But, um, but anyway, these cracks were approximately three or four inches long and probably in the neighborhood of half to three quarters of an inch wide. And they continually oozed pus all the time. And so she had to change the dressing between her legs and then under her arms multiple times a day. And there was always kind of a low-grade smell from it, and, you know, these dressings would soak through. Mm -hmm. So she constantly had to monitor them so that, you know, her clothes wouldn't show wet spots from from this oozing pus. And she had this for many years, and, um, you know, she wanted prayer for that. And so I started praying for her, and the first couple times I prayed for her, the power of God that I was just describing hit her very, very dramatically. And she fell to the floor, and I thought, okay, well, this is going to be it. She's healed. But in fact, she wasn't. And we praying and, you know, speaking and pressing in. And this went on for um, a few years. Mm-hmm. And remember, I go to the East Coast a lot. So maybe I was praying for her, uh, you know, five or six, seven times a year at various meetings that I was leading. And she wasn't getting healed. She wasn't getting healed. She wasn't getting healed. And then in 2019, I was going to New York City. He contacted me and said, hey, I'm going to come to New York. Um, would you pray for me when I come to New York? And I said, sure. He said, you know, I'll bring my roommate. Again. And uh, so I, I, I contacted a friend and I said, can we can we meet in your apartment rather than having to do this in the meeting hall? And so um, the friend that had the apartment and then the two of them came and then I was there. So all four of us gathered in this apartment. And by this time, I was sort of like, Lord, I'm out of ideas. I don't know what to pray here. I, I don't know why she's not getting healed. It seems to me she should be healed. I just don't get it. But anyway, we meet. And, and while we were sitting there praying, suddenly after you know several years of doing this, I think it was four or five years, uh, I, I suddenly understood what the issue was. And, uh, and with that, I, I put my hands on her and I prayed about the situation that you know, I just had this understanding of it. We call this a word of knowledge in uh, in the language of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the power of God hit this woman, and she, she just turned and looked at me, and she said, I've just been healed. And I said, you have to? Yes, absolutely. I just got healed. I felt power go through my body, and I've been healed. And it kind of reminded me of the story of the woman that got healed when she touched Jesus' garment, where it, it also says she felt power go through her body. Mm-hmm. So that was in the afternoon, and that night she came to the meeting, and she, you know, this is a young woman in her 20s, she's wearing this little kind of uh, tank top with spaghetti straps to you know, keep it on. And when she walks into the meeting, she walks up to me, and she lifts up her arms, mm-hmm. and obviously a sleeveless garment, and she goes, look! And under her arms, where it was completely closed up, completely healed and there was no leakage at all she had no dressings on and you know i what it had looked like before because she'd sent me pictures of her underarms at one point right and uh, i knew what i was looking at before and after Mm -hmm. and 
food just over the moon about it. She goes, and downstairs is also healed the same way. And I'm like, well, praise God. Awesome. So that one we had to pursue for a while, but in the end, she got healed too. Yeah. So um, I know that maybe you don't want to go into too much of the details, but could you give us like a category of what was the block? What was it that, what was the word of knowledge that the Lord gave you? Um, you know, it's funny. I, you, you might've thought I would know this or get it, but sometimes we're just thick and dense. And I was, um, you know, pus is white blood cells. Uh -huh. Of course, we usually think of blood as red, but both white and red cells are blood. Is bleeding, and there's a scripture uh, in the book of Proverbs that talks about uh, what happens to the body when somebody has what amounts to a broken heart. Mm. After several years of praying for her, I kind of knew every single piece of her story of life. Mm. I knew all of her boyfriends. I knew all of her family issues. I knew what her mom and dad had said to her that had hurt her feelings. I mean, I knew all this stuff. Right. And um. She was actually suffering from what I would call just generically a broken heart. Okay. And so she had an emotional wound left over from a failed romance. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, joking and teasing that she had endured when that had failed. And she'd never really been able to let go of that, to forgive and move on. But not just forgive and move on, I think also just to uh, put it behind her. Mm -hmm. So there were. There was a forgiveness towards the boyfriend, but there was also putting it behind her and pressing forward into the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I understood that this was related to the, the brokenness of heart. Mm -hmm. That's what gave me the insight on how to pray. And as soon as I said it, she realized it too. It was like you know, she had been blind to it, what was going on inside of her. And, you know, this is really an important part of how we understand healing because from a, from a Hebrew standpoint, not so much a Greek standpoint, but a Hebrew standpoint, the entire human system is integrated. Our spirit, soul, and body uh -huh. all touch one another. Right. Our, our emotions and our mind here, we might talk about our memories, so past mind and our emotions could be present emotions, but they may be affected by past experiences of grief and wounding. Well, all of those things touch one another, and so if something's out of out of kilter with one of those, mm -hmm. it will often give rise to problems elsewhere in the human system. And it might be, as in this case, a physical problem. Sometimes it might be a mental problem. But mm -hmm. if we can find that root, if we can understand what is that thing that's affecting the whole system and throwing it out of balance, then as we pray into that, the power of God flows and healing comes. Absolutely. So in uh, medicine, or especially naturopathic medicine, we have this saying, the body weeps tears, the eyes cannot shed. Uh, it's very much the same concept that if you suppress something, either in the spirit or in the emotional realm, it's very often going to turn into a physical problem. And you do need a word from the Lord in order to tell you which direction are we going. Sometimes when I'm trying everything in the physical realm and we're just not making progress in exactly all the things that should be working, it's because the problem isn't on the level of the physical. That absolutely makes sense. Um, yeah. So kind of along those lines, I've got an emphasis in my practice on gut healing, among other things. Um, can you tell us maybe what are some of the common problems that you found undergird digestive disorders? Um, well, there, let's start with the ones that are fairly obvious. Uh, people may be suffering from, say, 
uh, anxiety, mm -hmm. or they may have uh, depression, things like that. And I think I think those are they're not always getting to the root of them. Maybe isn't always a straight line, but at least the fact that those are a thing is pretty well understood. Right. But you know, going back to this idea of the integrated nature of the human system, I, I don't think people realize fully just how powerful of a concept that is. And what I have found in many cases is that with digestive disorders, um, there may be uh, old trauma. And by that, I don't just mean like anxiety, you know, something truly uh, tragic or terribly frightening or damaging has happened, and that might be part of what's going on in the, in the gut. Another one that I don't think a lot of people think about, but from a standpoint, it should be pretty clear, is false spiritualities. And many people come to Christianity having experimented in this or that. It, it might be some alternative religious system, for example, uh, you know, for many people, Hinduism has a real draw. It's kind of a darling child. You know, you live in Tucson, so you would be quite familiar with New Age spirituality, which draws heavily on Eastern thought. Um, when people get, get drawn into that sort of thing, a lot of times there's what I call leftover or residue. And they may come to faith later, but Sometimes they might retain some portion of their former religious practice or belief set. Mm. Um, other times, they may abandon all of it, but they don't realize that it's a little bit like a toxic waste dump, right? It, it was once, you know, they were deeply into yoga or they were deeply into, you know, TM, Transcendental Meditation, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they've, they've left that behind, but... The way we teach Christianity in the West these days is kind of, you know, come to Jesus, confess your sins, stand at the altar for 15 seconds, pray your prayer, and you're good. But in fact, you know, you centuries ago, the prophet Jeremiah, he actually called out the religious leaders of his day, and he said, prophet and priest are alike in this, they heal the wounds of my people lightly. And I think sometimes that 15 second prayer at the altar, it's, it's, perfectly good for getting people born again, but getting them out of the things that are still clinging to them mm -hmm. by virtue of what they may have once been involved in, that's another story altogether. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times we have to, we have to take people through a, a specific process of repenting of and having broken in their bodies the effects of their previous religious entanglements or any still lingering religious entanglements that effectively mean that they have some other God alongside of the Lord, which in fact violates the first of the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And although it sounds very simple, it's a really powerful concept. And so I think it was two weeks ago, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. Let me think, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? It was either two or three weeks ago. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was teaching an event there. You know, we had a full house, even in the midst of COVID. And uh, I had a word for, you know, people getting healed of stomach conditions and gut conditions. And about 40 people came forward 
And I didn't get an exact count, but something in the neighborhood of 30 hands went up afterwards. And people said, I can already tell I feel better. And the next day I said, okay, who went home and tried eating something they couldn't eat? And, you know, again, about 30 hands or so went up of people who'd been healed. But the one that really blew me away was there was one woman who had uh, been in town and she'd gotten an Airbnb. And she wasn't even coming to the conference. She was in Atlanta for whatever reason. She was in Atlanta staying in this Airbnb. And one of the one of the people that often travels with me on my team to pray with people, um, she had come to town from Wisconsin. And as we say, as it happened, she was staying at the same Airbnb in a separate bedroom. Mm-hmm. So this woman from my team began talking with the woman who was in town randomly. And that woman who was in town was, um, you know, she was a Christian of sorts, but probably not all that devout. And, you know, she had some things in her life that were more or less of the sort that I just described. Mm-hmm. And so she began talking with her, and they prayed together at the Airbnb. And uh, effectively, this, this woman who was in town randomly, uh, I would say, recommitted her life to Christ. Awesome. And then came to the meeting with this woman that, you know, often works alongside of me. And that woman in the meeting stood up for prayer and she was healed as a derivative of what had already been going on in her life at the Airbnb and the subsequent prayer she received. She was completely healed of ulcerative colitis. Awesome. Very cool. And she wrote me uh, just, just this week and said, I am completely healed. I have no food restrictions. I have no cramping. All of the runny stools are gone. Everything is gone. I can't believe this. I'm, I, I'm, I feel like I have a new life. Well, that's an example of the kind of thing that we often see. Sure. Praise God. That is fantastic. Yeah. Cool. So uh, do you have any stories of maybe like fatal diseases that have been healed that you've seen turned around? Uh, we've seen a lot of fatal diseases healed. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we seem to have uh, particular luck with, or luck, I mean, that it's not really luck, it's God's grace, but we, we seem to have a very high percentage of success with multiple sclerosis, and we've seen many people healed of that. I remember one time being in New York City, and uh, I don't know, we had maybe four, 400 people or something in the meeting, this was before COVID, and, uh, and this couple walks up to me. And they said, hi, uh, we heard you on radio, and we have flown here from Vilnius, Lithuania, to get prayer. Wow. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what that's what we've done. And so here's my wife. Uh, she's, uh, she's a native Lithuanian, and the husband was an American. So anyway, I prayed for her, and the, Lord, the Lord's power hit her very powerfully. And, uh, and she was nearly completely healed that night. Um, I subsequently prayed for her on two occasions, one the next day and one a couple months later in Florida when they were uh, in town visiting his family. And, uh, and she was healed and you know, remains healed to this day. And so she had a fairly advanced case of it, but um, you know, she's alive and well and raising her children and life goes on. So that's an example. And another really dramatic story uh, I was traveling in Australia, and this is about maybe four or five years ago, but this woman came up to me with some cloths, and she said, would you be willing to pray over these prayer cloths? 
And at that time, I knew that there was this story in the Bible of people giving claws to Paul the Apostle. And, you know, they were carried away from his body and people were healed from those claws. And I'd seen people try to do that over the years and I'd never seen it work. So I was kind of like, well, I'm sure I'll pray over him, but I, I didn't want to rain on her parade. So I said, I want you to pray over the claws with me. Mm-hmm. So she and I prayed over these claws and she had four of them and she, you know, took them away and sent them out. And I don't remember where the two went, but the two that I do remember. One of them went to a man who'd been in a head-on collision and had been in a coma for three months. Oh, wow. And it just cloth on him, and within 30 seconds, he woke up. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, he wasn't, I mean, was he dying? I don't know, but he'd been in a coma for three months. That's pretty dramatic, yeah. Yeah, that was very dramatic. And everybody was like, whoa, even the medical staff. They were like, what has happened here? Sure. Uh, and then the second cloth that I remember the story on, there was a man who was very close to death with advanced cancer. And he was lying in bed, and the doctors had said he would die within a matter of a couple of days. Uh, you know, nobody knows exactly the hour of going, but, but they had no hope. They tried everything, and he was, he was as they say, in extremis. This was the end of the end. Mm-hmm. And brought this cloth, in, and, and they laid it on the guy, and he instantly throws the covers off, Climbs out of bed, walks into the kitchen, makes a sandwich, eats it, <laughs> goes out the shed and gets the gets the push mower and mows the lawn. Oh, awesome! He tells me this story the next night, and I'm like, "Well, that's awesome." But I even I mean, I'm I'm being a little bit skeptical because I know how cancer is, and it's a, it's a sinister tricky slippery disease and a lot of times people seem to uh, rally in the last couple days of life and then they just crash precipitously and they're gone so i thought well let's just give this a couple days because this might be a false healing but anyway i didn't get any reports of him dying and i finished up the meetings in that town and i i left and went home and about six months later i was back in western australia so this is just to be clear this is an area about an hour south of Perth, Australia. Okay. So I'm, I'm leading these meetings about six months later, and this man walks up to me, and he goes, hi. And I said, hi. And he goes, I'm so-and-so. And I said, nice to meet you. He goes, I'm the guy who was dying of cancer that you sent the cloth to <laughs> and ate the sand and mowed the lawn. And I said, oh, you're the guy. Well, this is six months later. And I'm looking at this guy, and I said, you don't look like a cancer patient. He goes, no, I put on 50 kilos since then. Well, 50 uh, kilos is 110 pounds. Fantastic. Because, you know, since then, I've you know been to the doctor. I've been all checked out. He goes, I have no cancer in my body. I'm totally healed. And, you know, thanks for praying over the cloth. And I'm like, well, sure. Uh, glad to do it. <laughs> and this was, or it wasn't me. But, right. you know, it's great. But, again, this is a story of God's power. It wasn't, you know, claiming and standing and decreeing and all this stuff. It was the living, dynamic, active power, and it raised this man right off of a deathbed. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So after people receive healing, do you ever find that Satan tries to bring it back on people? Like, do, do they have to learn to stand on their own, or once they've received it in an, in an environment like that, is that it? Um, it's mixed. Uh, some people don't have any further, what we would say, challenges or pushback, but others do. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I I commonly find that if they're going to have that kind of spiritual counterattack, generally it's going to occur in about a week or less. Hmm, interesting. Okay. In magic about a week, I've just seen it that that's kind of where it usually lands. Sometimes it'll be months later, though. I remember, I'm thinking of a woman that we prayed for, uh, that her healing happened almost 10 years ago. She's a close family friend of ours now. In fact, when lockdown first happened with COVID, she was traveling in the U.S. from Australia and couldn't get home. And they kept canceling flights and everything. So she lived with my wife and me and our daughter for about five months because she had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this woman had chronic fatigue syndrome and had been debilitated for a decade. Um, unable to work, just you know, no hope at all. And by the way, she had gut issues as part of her chronic fatigue. And uh, and when I first met her, I was I was ministering in an Anglican church. Came up, asked for prayer. I laid hands on her. Very powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, okay, well she got healed. But a few minutes later, she's I'd gone over to the other side of the church and was praying for people over on the other side. She comes over to me and I said, so how do you feel? She goes, well, I, I don't think I'm healed. And I was like, well that's weird because you sure look like you got healed. But um, anyway, I ended up praying with her for uh, two or three hours on each of the next three days as we sorted through a lot of these body, soul, uh, spirit issues that I made mention of yep. over this uh, three-day period. And at the end of the three days, she was totally healed and went traveling, went back to work, mm-hmm. had a life. And in her particular story, about two years later, I was back in Australia again. She showed up at a meeting I was leaving. She goes, I don't know what's happened, but I'm having a relapse of chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, huh, that's really weird. So hers wasn't a week later, it was a couple of years later, but she did get this counterattack. And so, you know, I sat down and talked with her and we kind of worked through our, we checked that box, checked that box, checked that box. Ah, here's something we didn't go into. This is, this is important. And so we ended up praying about this issue that we would essentially overlook. So, uh, anyway, we, this woman came after, you know, a couple of years of being healthy, but she was having symptoms of chronic fatigue once again. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of checked off the list. What things did we go through? What things did we not go through? And, you know, I would just say we didn't think we needed to do anything more. But, in fact, uh, maybe we hadn't been thorough enough. So, we, we did what I call cleanup prayer. I mean, she She'd been healed, but there had been the stuff we left behind because we didn't think we needed to deal with it. Right. And as we went after all that, then she received a subsequent thorough healing, and she's had zero problems since then mm-hmm. and many years now. And she often, when I'm in Australia, will travel as one of my teammates. Uh, she had gone with me as part of the team to Israel last year just ahead of COVID. As I mentioned, she stayed with my wife and me for five months. And so, um, you know, she, her healing now has been very thorough and persistent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't anticipate any further problems because there's been years of history in it. And, and I think this is a, it's an apt story because it shows that sometimes we do heal God's people lightly. And we, we overlook things or we deem things that are actually quite significant to be not, not significant. Or we don't understand the nature of how uh, things that sometimes people dismiss them because, oh, that's just spiritual. And we all know that spiritual really is a code word for 
make-believe or something in their head. But there's actually a reality to the spirit world, and there's a, there's a reality to the impact of, of decisions we make that, that may be characterized, whether as sin or as uh, disobedience to the ways of God. Um, all of these things can have an impact in our lives, and so sometimes to get people truly healed, we have to address matters that might otherwise simply escape notice. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. So for our listeners, if somebody wants to learn more about you or maybe find out where some of your meetings are taking place, where can they go to get more information? Um, the quickest way to get information is to go to my website, which is orbisministries.org. And orbis is a Latin word meaning under the world. And it's spelled O-R-B like Bravo, I-S like Sam, O-R-I-S, orbisministries.org. Orbisministries.org. All right. And I'm going to include that in the show notes for anybody who wants to follow it. And uh, Ken, would you please pray for our audience, all of our listeners? Sure. I'd be happy to do that. And, you know, for those of you that, uh, that may have uh, gut problems of whatever sort, um, I want to pray about those because, you know, the other night, just earlier this week, I was doing a broadcast to Korea. I was supposed to be in Korea, but border controls with COVID, I couldn't go, so we did it all by Zoom, and uh, we had about 70 people healed of stomach and digestive disorders on the broadcast, awesome. as we, so I want to I specifically go after that, because this is, this is your, uh, this is your darling uh, area, and uh, sure we have a lot of listeners that are still struggling in this area. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we should dedicate our bodies to the Lord. And this is a service of worship. You can read it in Romans 12, 1 and 2. So wherever you feel that pain, it may be, you know, kind of higher up near your belly button, in your, in your stomach area. It could be down in your deep intestines below the belly button. Um, if you have something like irritable bowel or spastic colon, well, it might be near your, what do we want to say, your exit port. Uh, you may even get, you know, cramping there. So if so, then put your hands uh, sort of toward your backside. But put your hand wherever it is. And with that, I just want you to stop for a moment and consider at least this one thing that I mentioned. If you've ever had any exposure to foreign religious systems of any kind, doesn't matter what it is. It could be, uh, you know, meditation, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism. Uh, you were just experimenting, maybe maybe even tried Ouija board, something like that. I just want you to confess those things to the Lord in this moment and just say, Lord, I didn't realize this was so serious, but now that I do, I'm so sorry I did it, and I turned away from you. Just a simple prayer like that would be enough. And now um, um, I'm putting my hand on my tablet, my iPad, that I'm using to do this broadcast, and uh, maybe take your other hand and touch your own computer or phone or uh, whatever. You know, Oral Roberts used to do this, and I used to think it was ridiculous, but I've seen sometimes, I don't know how it works, I don't even know why it works, I just know that it works. If I'm touching the device, and you're touching the device, there's something that transmits better than if we merely pray. And so, with that, uh, now we're going to pray. So, Father, I thank you that there is healing, and I thank you that you are healing many people with stomach and digestive disorders. You do it all over the world and all the time. Your word says that you've given us food, and all food is good to eat, that's received with the word of God and with thanksgiving. And so we thank you for the abundance of the earth and all of the goodness that you've given us. 
I thank you, Lord, that you've given us food that even is tasty. You could have given us just bland things to eat all the time. And it might have been enough to keep us going, but it wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't be fun. And you've given us taste buds and a tongue that we can enjoy all of the richness of the earth that you have created. And now, Lord, we just come and ask you for healing for those who are afflicted in their digestion, whether in the stomach, whether in the intestines, or all, all the way down to the backside where, where the waste comes out, anywhere in the entire digestive tract. And right now, I just feel led to pause and pray also high up for those who have GERD or uh, any kind of acid reflux, heartburn, things like that. So high up on the top end of the stomach and in the esophagus. And in the name of Jesus, I just speak healing to you. And Father, I ask you to release the power of God over the bodies of those who are listening, wherever they are, whoever they are, whatever the condition is. And I command anything that is still lingering and clinging from false religious identity, from false associations with foreign gods, other religious systems, from uh, disobedience to you, even if they didn't know they were being disobedient when they did it, that these things would be broken and thrown down in Jesus' name, and that healing would come over them, and they would be able to say, wow, I just felt the power of God go through me, I felt the virtue of God, and with that, they can enjoy your goodness. Father, I thank you that you desire to give us good things because you are a loving Father, and so, Lord, let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Ken, for your time and for all of your wonderful experience and wisdom. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.